Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer joining you. Oilers Now, second hour of the show at 106 in Edmonton is brought to you by our title sponsor for the ninth consecutive season, Hugh Porter and the gang at Digitex.ca. Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Uh, we will tell you, keep texting us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you. And uh, we are going to head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino hotline. River Cree Resort and Casino, excitement, bet on it. We are pleased to be joined uh, to uh, join the... Now, assistant coach of the St. Louis Blues. He is our Oilers Now headliner today for Wilhock Beef Jerky. Just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. We welcome back to the show former Oilers GM and head coach, now St. Louis Blues assistant, Craig McTavish. Hello, Craig. How are you doing? Sounds like I'm going in the wrong direction. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> but you knew that. No, I'm doing. I'm doing well. Uh, yeah. You know, it's funny. I thought, geez, one year on the panel, uh, s- splitting some time with me, and that was enough to get you back into the NHL as a coach, eh? You had enough. You're like, screw it. I I won't wait for that head coaching job or the GM job. I'll go work as assistant just as long as I don't have to work with Stoffer anymore. So, uh, I learned so much sitting beside you that I'm now <laughs> able to sell myself as an assistant coach. Well, yeah, and, a, and a, not a very yeah. good, not a very good color guy if you learned from me. All right, how did uh, this how did this all sort of come to fruition uh, with St. Louis, Craig? Oh, I, I've worked with uh, Army in the past. Years ago, we worked together on a World Championship team when uh, the World Championships were in Halifax. <laughs> Uh, many years ago, actually. And then uh, when Jimmy Montgomery was getting interviewed for various head coaching positions around the league, um, I had a conversation with with Doug um, and expressed some interest in, in the job if Monty got the job, uh, got a head coaching job, which uh, fortunately for him and for me, he did. And uh, so then it just kind of came together quickly. So... I played uh, a bit, as you know, with Craig Berube and his short tenure here with the Oilers, and uh, 
you know, really, uh, really enjoyed my time with him. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that uh, it's a pretty good situation. Well, I, I credit Craig Berube because sometimes uh, coaches, and look, Craig's won a Stanley Cup as an NHL head coach. He's a great coach in his own right. But sometimes people are a little nervous having, frankly, an older, or, or and he's only marginally, I think you're a couple years older than him, but, uh, you know, the guy with your sort of experience could be a little bit threatening, but the best people don't tend to be threatened by others that have got experience and, and have got some, um, cachet to themselves. You know what I mean, Craig? Like, and I, yeah, and, I think, I mean, that doesn't, yeah, he's definitely not that guy. And, uh, I think paranoia at times is rampant in the coaching ranks or at least it used to be. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, you, you, you have to try and, uh, try and bring in, uh, people that have a, a different perspective and people that are going to add to your staff. Hopefully that's certainly what, uh, what I'd like to do as a head coach and, and barring all that, I'm just looking forward. Oh, to be lo- sorry. Go again, Craig. You're looking yeah. forward to what? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to listening to somebody else do it. I mean, I haven't been an assistant coach since uh, I worked with Kevin in 1999 and, you know, you're you're seldom subjected to uh, other things when you're the head coach, and uh, as an assistant coach, then you get. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, watching and listening to uh, how Craig does it. Obviously, he's done a fantastic job, as you mentioned. He won a Stanley Cup, so it's. Uh, I'm. I'm. You have to evolve in this business, as you know, and I'm looking forward to. Uh, getting the education there in St. Louis. But you've had, I mean, you, you obviously had, you know, from 2000 to 2009, you were the head coach of the team here. Then you resurfaced with Vancouver for your coach in their farm team. Then you became, you know, a vice president and then the GM of the Oilers. You ended up, uh, I know you're in Russia for a short-lived experience, which that happens all the time in Russia. That's just the way it is there. Frankly, I'm happy you got out of there alive because I always worry about guys going over to Russia. But And, and then you also coached in Switzerland, right? So are you a different yeah. coach after having some of these experiences, uh, good, bad, or indifferent uh, you know, you know, because now you're going back to being a full-time NHL coach, and I, you know, I know you're part of the staff briefly when you were GM of the Oilers uh, in, in 14, 15 when you took over from Dallas. But it's been a while since you've been on a head, NHL head coaching staff full-time. Do you think you're yeah. different than maybe you were 13 or 14 years ago, Mac T? Well, Hork, Sean Horkoff always used to tell me at the end when. Uh, uh, when I was the manager that I was, uh, way, way easier on, or at the end of my tenure as coach of the Oilers, that I was way easier on players than I was on him when he first started. So I, and I, I don't disagree with that. It's always, you know, in coaching, it's always a balance to try and you, you want to be approachable to the players, but you have to be a uh, a certain authority figure too as well so there's there's always that balance and i was you know and i think most coaches are this way i was a lot more confrontational uh when i first started than i was at the end because the mentality changed in the players for sure and it's more 
uh, collaborative effort coaching than, than it was certainly when I was a player when, you know, Slats said you do this and you did it. You didn't ask any questions. Well, now you the players want to know why and you have to – you have to work with them, and if you if if you get uh, if if you get uh, use them as a resource, then you get more collective buy-in from the group, and then you get improved execution on on the things that you need executed well. So, I think I, I think I'm uh, I'm a lot. Uh, I don't want to. Well, softer is probably a, a good word for it. I'm a, I'm a I'm a bit softer than I was when I first started uh, out coaching uh, with Kevin, and then took over the team after Kevin went up to manager. Yeah, it, it's interesting, Craig, because I was often at times uh, the brunt of of some, of, and they were often really well timed. And, and frankly, I deserved it. Uh, we can we can we can share the story, the time that uh, I just uh, and it was uh, your dentist buddy that. Uh, hooked me up and couldn't uh, pull out an abscess tooth, so I, I I maybe had a couple too many T3s and decided to put a splash of Bailey's in coffee and chase it with a Red Bull on the plane, and you had your daughter on the plane and, uh, well, I fainted and I remember I woke up and you looked at me, and do you recall what you said? Uh, not exactly, but I know the root of it, but you go ahead. <laughs> you said stop three years ago. I would have told, I would have said, "Hey, let's open the door up and push this guy out of the plane." Right yeah, now. Uh, are you sure it wasn't three hours ago? <laughs> there, there, you, ago. there you go. But yeah, I've never seen such a lack of concern on a plane when a guy goes down in the middle of the uh, in the in the aisleway that, that no nobody moved. It was just. But yeah, that was that was an interesting, uh, an interesting story. I knew then I needed to work on my interpersonal skills. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nobody like, was jumping up. I, I'm like TD Force is like lack of concern. TD Force yeah. is looking at me. He goes, "You're a pain in the ass." You know, 24 years ago, and you're doing the Golden Bears, and you're a pain in the ass. Now. Yeah. So no, and and I I gotta say, Craig, I thought you did an awesome job in the panel. If I was Sportsnet, I would have you know flown you in for the playoffs for a couple of rounds. Yeah, you're the only national, or you you know you're you're in my mind a national caliber panelist. I mean, no other. They didn't have anybody that won a uh, Stanley Cup as a player. You won four with two different organizations. You You'd been to a final as an NHL head coach, and you'd been an NHL GM, and Sportsnet didn't have it. So I, I know I communicated my thoughts, and they told me to shut up. But you know that's usually how it goes. Huh. But did you like doing? Did you like doing the panel no, stuff? No, you know what? I really did. I really enjoyed it. It was, uh, it, it was easy. It was fun. You know, I don't tell too many people, but it was, uh, it was fun to work with you on the panel. We had a few laughs. You were always really good to me in terms of uh helping my preparation uh game days we talk a lot of hockey and it was you know it 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 it, it was fun i enjoyed it but it just i mean it just wasn't busy enough yeah and uh, it was really the first winter that i've not done anything uh outside of the few times i worked uh with you on the panel and gene who is an absolute pleasure and a civic treasure to work with for sure and uh but i was bored out of my mind and uh 
you know, I took up cross country skiing. That's how bored I was. Like it was, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not ready to have that sedentary lifestyle yet. And so I, I view this as a really good opportunity without a ton of pressure. I want to lend my experience to hopefully the St. Louis blues organization and more importantly, the players and Craig Berube and the coaching staff and, and uh, have some fun doing it and uh, teach a little hockey and win a few games. And it, it, it is really as simple as that. Now, for our listeners that haven't been to St. Louis, and you, you know, you played parts of your last two seasons in the NHL there. It's kind of a hidden gem, isn't it, as a city? Yeah, well, it's a really good sports town. And, uh, I mean, the, the life of the city is in the suburbs, really. Uh, great suburbs, great people. Uh, I really enjoyed it there. I came at the very end of my career, and, uh, you know, we, we had a pretty good playoff run there in St. Louis. Gretz was there, Glennie Anderson, Grant Fuhr, Charlie Huddy. We all lived at the uh, – we all kind of came at the deadline. Charlie, Glenn Anderson, Gretz, and myself, we all kind of came at the deadline, and we all lived at the at the Ritz-Carlton in Clayton, and uh, – you know, we, we didn't have our wives there or anything like that, so it was pure on hockey. And, uh, you know, I stayed another year. Gretz left, but uh, I, I stayed. Charlie stayed. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed my time in St. Louis. I really did. Yeah, we we finally moved to that hotel this year. We'd spent all those years, Craig, at the at the Westin, right next to the ballpark at, uh, at uh, Bush Memorial Stadium. Hey, one more for you. You had... So that year was. Did you not go through a couple? Didn't you end up with Mike Keenan and Joel Quinville that year? That last year? Yeah, yeah. What was yeah. that like Joel for came, you? Joel came right at the end. Ah, you know, it, it's it's the lifespan of the dictator, right? It's a <laughs> uh, when things go south, they 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 never can survive it. Uh, you're referring to Mike they, Keenan, obviously. <laughs> They never can survive the. Uh, they never can survive the, the 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 downswings, and there was a lot of chaos certainly around Brett Hull and Mike back in back in those days. And uh, you know, Mike, I, I mean, he he he's uh, he really believes in his convictions and uh, was was not uh, compromising his. Uh, his ethics, and that that was it for him. And then Joel Quenville came in. But between that, Roger Nielsen kind of uh, – Roger Nielsen and uh, – Jimmy Roberts? Jimmy, Jimmy Roberts, yeah. yeah. Jimmy Roberts. Uh, Roger wouldn't take the head coaching job because he felt, you know, partly responsible for Mike getting fired because – Roger had a similar set of principles, but uh, Jimmy Roberts came in and coached for a while till they till they uh, talked Joel into doing it, and then it was really Joel's. It was Joel's first head coaching job coming from Colorado, so th- that was right at the end. I didn't really have a long uh, relationship with Joel. I, I retired shortly thereafter, but 
you know, it was it was a, certainly an interesting year. Uh, the one thing I remember about, uh, and it's Rob Brown that tells the story, so I don't know if this happened to you with Mike Keenan, but Rob said he got basically benched in the, if he didn't have a good pregame warm-up at times playing for Mike Keenan. I doubt that he would do that to you. You would be his type of player because you're pretty committed in your craft. Well, he, Brownie, I mean, he must have got benched a lot because I bet he never looked good in warm-up. <laughs> He was one of those players that uh, you know. If you watch practice, you 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 wouldn't think he was that good. But when the puck dropped for the game, the guy knew how to play the game and score goals. But uh, no, Mike. Uh, I was with Mike in New York when uh, the Rangers won the Cup in 1994, and uh, so when that season was over, before Mike left to go to St. Louis, I was going. I'm not. You know, I saw what he did with fourth line guys like uh, Nick Kiprios and uh, Eddie Olchuk. Like you, you just they they were forgotten members of the team if you didn't get in the lineup. So, and I was right in that, right on the fourth line uh, too as well. So I was going, I'm not going to stick around for this. And then I left to go to Philly, and uh, Mike ended up uh, leaving after that to go to St. Louis. And then, uh, then Mike traded for me uh, out of Philly to, for Dale Howarchuk, and uh, then I was back with him in uh, in St. Louis, and, and it and it worked out. It worked out well. I have uh, a, a high regard for Mike. I mean, especially he was always a fun guy away from the rink. At the rink, it could be crazy. You know, it could be absolutely uh, crazy. You lose a game and he came in and he would just do so much damage. <laughs> that, uh, you know, I remember uh, going back to the Ritz and uh, we're having a sandwich after the game and Gretz is going, I'm, I'm going to my room. I go, what are, you, what are you talking about? You know, get a bite to eat and uh, we'll have a drink. And uh, he goes, no, he's, he's coming. I go, what? Uh, no, Mike's coming. He's going to come here tonight because he gave him heck during the game. And then I walk outside, and sure enough, Mike's car pulls up. So where is he? Uh, he's up in his room, Mike. Yeah, but uh, but he was he was a wonderful guy away from the rink, like a, a lot of fun. Yeah, and and I mean, there's no denying the results and the things that he got from from players. And it's a longer conversation about. You know, the dictator style of coach. Obviously, Daryl Sutter did an unbelievable job this year in Calgary with, with you know, a, a similar philosophy. I mean, he, he's he's not uh, he's not the warmest, cuddliest guy you've ever met. But you know, they they get a lot out of players, and uh, it's it's an interesting uh, it's it's an interesting discussion to have whether the Machiavellian style of coaching is is as effective or more effective than uh, a guy like Barry Trotz who gets a ton out of his players in a completely different manner. Final one for you, because you worked with this guy, I believe, uh, before he went over to Europe, and that is Jay Woodcroft. Uh, you know, we saw the turnaround with the team. He had a 724 uh, points percentage as head coach of the Oilers. Three rounds. Obviously, Connor and Leon were off the charts. But uh, I know you're working for the Blues now. What are your thoughts on the direction of the Oilers and, uh, you know, a guy that worked for you in Jay Woodcroft when you ran the farm team? Well, he did an amazing job. Like, it, it, uh, And it, to me, it was mind-blowing 
the the difference in the way that the team played because I always I know Dave Tippett's a good coach. I coached against him lots in Dallas. His teams were always super well prepared and executed well and he's a sharp guy and I was like I can't see Jay getting any more out of this group than uh than Tip did when he came in because of the respect I had for Tip, but he did. And uh you know, he came in and he must have focused on a few simple things that that's what it looked like to me and uh kept on that message and they played they were better without the puck i mean they were more careful with the puck too they put themselves in uh uh less perilous situations with the puck and uh you know they they came back hard they supported the defense so the defense could gap up and and protect the lines in a way that they they really didn't that that much at the end uh, but he, he he did an amazing job, and you know, it, it, kudos to him. And then and then they had a fantastic run in the playoffs. So it was really, uh, really in, in a lot of ways attributable to uh, to the coaching staff, Dave Manson and uh, Gully, and and definitely Woody. All right, awesome stuff, Mac T. Look, I look forward okay. to seeing you next season. And hey, how about Edmonton and St. Louis in the conference final next year? Sound all right to you? Well, that sounds good to me. That's for sure. I love I I, I uh, love the run the Oilers were on. I had a wonderful time watching it. The city was completely jacked up over it. It was great for the players to see the adulation of the Oiler fans firsthand. And uh, I think they really have a greater appreciation of how special it is to get running and get rolling here in Edmonton. Craig, thanks for giving us 20-plus minutes, and we'll touch base down the road. Sounds good, Soph. Thank you. You bet. That is Craig McTavish. and he- Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Is the assistant coach of the St. Louis Blues. It's 126 in Edmonton. We'll take a quick timeout. This is Oilers Now. The definitive protest song, some would say. Uh, A song that's deployed incorrectly many times. Bruce Springsteen, the boss, born in the USA. Uh, The U.S.'s birthday today. Welcome back, everybody. 127 in Edmonton. Cactus Jack says, Bob, 15 years ago, if I told you that in 2021-22, the broadcasting breakup of Craig McTavish and Bob Stoffer would be bad for Oilers fans, what would they have said? This is a loss for cross-country skiing and Oilers fans. Mac T going to St. Louis. Oh, that's a, it's a crazy story. All right, Uncle Milt has been around a long time. He's had a lot of customers over the years, and about 20 years ago, a customer told him, a good salesman sells me one truck, a good service department keeps me coming back. Well, that customer and his family brought more than 50 units from Brent Ridge Ford since then, and that same service department is one of the reasons that Brent Ridge Ford just received their 11th Presence Award from Ford for customer satisfaction. If you need maintenance or repairs in your vehicle, call Kevin, Margie, or Mike 
at one eight seven seven four seven seven four. That's one eight seven seven four seven seven thirty six seventy three. I mean, Craig McTavish's speech at the Kevin Lowe Jersey retirement night that was. That was awesome stuff. And yeah, I've been the brunt of the joke occasionally. And if you can't laugh at yourself, get out of the business. And you know what? I deserved it sometimes, too. <laughs> Just comes with the territory. Uh, it is 129 in Edmonton. And we will head off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. When we return, we're going to head off to Montreal and hook up with Director of Amateur Scouting for the Edmonton Oilers, Tyler Wright. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.